Hi, it's Kelvin, the See Here Love Studio Floor Manager. In this day and week, it's all about Thanksgiving. Melinda has a lot of great guests today on the show who will inspire us with their stories, give us tips and tools and biblical explanations and examples on how to live a life of gratitude and contentment when life is hard and difficult. But it's possible, and a big yes to that. You are seen, you are heard, you are loved by God. You're not alone, you're fully known, you are loved by God. Well, thanks, Calvin. I love his voice and enthusiasm, and I'm so thankful for Calvin and the crew and my team who make this show possible. Seriously, I couldn't do this without them. So welcome to See Here Love and happy Thanksgiving. And I hope even in the midst of a pandemic, the political unrest we're facing, protests, tiredness, anger, rage, natural disasters, and loss in your life and the world. I hope you'll take the time to look around you and be thankful. Yes, you heard me, be thankful. And I think this show theme is so important and it's a discussion I've had with a number of friends about the importance of being thankful, truly thankful, especially when life is so hard. I wanted to know more about being thankful and how to be a grateful person, so I pulled a bunch of experts together for this show so that I could learn and so could you. Well, the best way to start is to bring fabulous Jillian McShane-Shields in to help me. Uh, Jillian is a certified life coach and leadership coach to talk about the how-tos on living a life of gratitude. Welcome, Jillian. Thank you. Well, I'm glad you're here. Let's, let's start right off with the really easy question. How, how can we be grateful when we feel down, depressed, overwhelmed, or just tired? Yeah, great question. So number one, find something to be grateful for. So whether it's just a hot cup of coffee or uh, a good book, find something that you can think positively about. So that's number one. Number two is try and find things throughout the day to focus your mind in a positive light. Because when you do that, your brain takes over and does this wonderful thing. It releases uh, dopamine and serotonin and they send signals to the rest of your body to respond in a positive way. So it's a great way to kick off a mood change. That's great. That's pretty simple things we can do. It's not hard. It's we very can simple. Yeah. No. That's great. Well, Jillian, during difficult times, gratitude, I've heard, is more important than ever. Why is that? Like, that's the opposite of what I want to feel is gratitude yeah. when I'm going through difficult times. Why is it important for us to stay in that mindset? So when gratitude, um, either giving it or receiving it, uh, it actually releases these hormones, uh, these neurotransmitters. And what happens is you start to think more positively about your circumstances. You start to rewire your brain. So it's actually leaning towards a more positive side. And when you're doing this, you're actually reducing your stress hormones. So what happens mm -hmm. is you're starting to lower your blood pressure, lower your heart rate, reduce anxiety, and reduce some of the other physical things that go on in your body when we're stressed out. So it's actually it's like taking a big healthy vitamin for your whole body, mind, and soul. Yeah, those are great benefits. But for somebody who's stuck and says, oh, it sounds like a lot of work, how do I even get to the place of choosing gratitude? What would you say? Yeah, well, first of all, it is a choice. Right. We can choose to think something outside of ourselves that we can be thankful for. Uh, scripture talks a lot about that. And one of the things I do for my clients who get into these negative thought loops is we camp on Philippians 4.8. So I ask them, uh, what's true? 
What's noble? What is praiseworthy? What's excellent? What is right? And we just start naming some things. And once we start to name them, we can actually start to think more positively about our circumstances. Now, it doesn't mean it's all Pollyanna. Uh, it takes some work, but it's actually a practice that we can get into that creates a new habit. So when we do that, we're setting ourselves up for a more positive day um, and start it in the morning. That's what I would suggest. Start it in the morning and revisit it a few times through the day. And especially um, when you have kids or teens in the house, find a way to model this for them because it will really help them in these tough times. Yes, Jillian, thank you so much. Nice and succinct. Thanks for your tips and encouragement. And I think anybody who's listening, You're it's time to choose gratitude today. So thank you for giving us practical tips and for your encouragement to us. You're welcome. Have a great day. Yeah, thank you. So I also wanted to learn about the biblical narrative of gratitude and thankfulness and what does Jesus do and say about it all. And so what better people to bring in for this discussion than two of my favorite pastors and people, Grace Spencer, pastor of Reunion Church and Bruxy Cavey, longtime friend, author and pastor of The Meeting House. Hi and welcome, Grace and Bruxy. Hey, Melinda. It's great to be a part of this. Thank you. Yes, I love that you guys are here. So let's get right to this because this is our Thanksgiving show. I really want to know what is the biblical view and narrative of gratitude? Grace, let's start with you. Your thoughts about, about that. Oh, man, I was hoping we were going to start with Bruxy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just going to add in. Um, well, this is, I mean, this is a big question for like a short conversation. But, you know, one thing I wanted to talk about is we have uh, this common verse that we like to refer to in Philippians 4. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And what's interesting about that verse is right before that, we have this other common verse that we like to refer to where Paul is writing and he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So Paul is writing this from prison. Um, and he talks about like bringing all of your prayers to God with thanksgiving. And then after that, he's thanking people who he's writing to. And then he talks about how he has learned how to be content in all circumstances, whether he has a lot or a little. And then he says, this is what I've learned to do through the through Christ who gives me strength, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And so we often take that verse out of context, but it's in this context of, of prayer, of thanksgiving, of being able to live in contentment in all circumstances. And so it seems like in this passage, there's some connection between thanksgiving and giving thanks and being able to be content no matter what is going on around you. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Rexy, your thoughts on the, the biblical view and narrative of, of gratitude and thankfulness. Yeah, that's lovely. And Grace, uh, for, I'm pointing out that Paul is expressing these thoughts too when he's in prison. I spent a lot of his ministry years in prison, not in a comfortable chalet, you know, raking in the <laughs> dough because of his Christian ministry. But he's like really suffering. He really believes this stuff. And, and it seems to me that one of the elusive things about gratitude is that if we try and focus on gratitude per se, we may never achieve it because gratitude is a responsive 
emotion, disposition, attitude. And, and the, the theme of the New Testament seems to be to focus on grace. And as you focus on, on, on grace, you, you become grateful because gratitude is the only appropriate response to grace. Mm-hmm. So that because grace says, you know, all the stuff you've been achieving to do through religion or through whatever you've been trying to finally reach for and grasp for God's doing for you as a gift, he's giving it to you. What can you say except thank you? So your disposition changes. Um, uh, since um, Paul's letters are our kickoff theme, I'll go to Colossians, Colossians um, 2, we read this. So then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, and see how the Apostle Paul is trying to get his readers to focus on Jesus. When you focus on Jesus, then you get gratitude. He says, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Mm-hmm. So the overflowing with thankfulness is not that I go out and try and discipline myself. How can I get thankful? How can I get thankful? It's like, forget about thankfulness, focus on Jesus and being rooted and built up in him and all he's done for you. And then gratitude becomes the appropriate response to grace. That's amazing, Brax. Nice and simple in that way. Grace, what does Jesus say do about gratitude? When we look at Jesus' life, where do we see him being thankful um, within his life and in the scriptures? What's interesting is when it comes to being thankful, we don't see Jesus like giving thanks actually a lot. Um, but there is for sure um, this assurance of God's presence with him um, and gratitude for what God is doing around him and through him. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Brexy? Yes. Grace is pointing out, you know, he, he gave thanks before meals. And what's interesting is that some of those meals were before some of his most intense times of suffering, you know, like the Passover Seder, where he says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. I'm going to bring about a whole new way of being in relationship with God, which is the new covenant, a whole new way of being human and being in God's presence, not through the law, but through love. And he and he does so first by breaking bread and giving thanks. And he can he can even be thankful while he's in the middle of intense times of suffering. We know right after that meal he he goes. I mean he's already talking about his death through the meal, and then he goes to the garden and he sweats drops of blood and he is he is overcome with grief. But he's able to still focus on basic gratitude for the bread they have and for the the symbol that it is. Um, so he's. Even though it's, his gratitude is not mentioned a lot in the Gospels, it is that recurring theme, like Grace was saying. It's beautiful. Great reminder. Yeah, Grace. I was just going to add, and that's um, these themes that Bruxy's talking about. Thankfulness, even though um, you're going through suffering and you know what's coming, is something that also shows up a lot in the Psalms, um, where the psalmist is wrestling with um, their own suffering, or even in Psalm 73, one of my favorite Psalms are wrestling with the problem of evil. Why are the wicked flourishing? Why are they so healthy? Um, everything's, everything seems to be going so right for them. And then it's like, they, they receive the assurance of God's presence. They go to God's sanctuary and that's where everything kind of shifts into this, um, and to really a psalm of praise and thanksgiving, that they realize that it's good to be near God, that the goodness and the gratitude, as Bruxy was saying, comes from this intimacy that we have with Jesus. So if you want to be 
thankful, it's not necessarily that you go out and try and figure out how do I be more thankful, but how can I draw closer to Jesus? Because that's where we find the joy um, and the thankfulness. Beautiful. Mm. Last thoughts, Brux, just for someone who is a follower of Jesus or seeking uh, just the benefits of living a life of gratitude or what would you, how would you encourage us today on this Thanksgiving show? Well, if grace is the fundamental gift of the gospel that introduces us to that new covenant way of love instead of the way of law and gratitude is our response, then, then gratitude is, is that disposition that tunes us into the greatest reality. Gratitude is in tune with reality. I just want to encourage Christians to know that gratitude is not, um, it's not a self-soothing mechanism that helps us escape reality. When the world is so terrible, things are going wrong, I'm going to try and tell myself to be grateful so I can have a happy disposition. Actually, we're tuning into a higher reality than a lot of the circumstances we see around us when we focus on Jesus. So I'd say just forget forget about being thankful. Focus on Jesus and the highest reality of his gift of grace to us, and then let that do its work in you to tune you into that reality and create gratitude. Beautiful. Grace, last quick thought. Um, yes, I totally agree. Gratitude is, it's almost like giving you a different perspective, tuning into another reality where everything in the world is telling us, be afraid, you don't have enough, things are insecure. Gratitude is saying, look at everything that I have. Look what God has given me. Look at the goodness around me. Um, it is, it's changing your perspective. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Bruxy Cavey from The Meeting House, Grace Spencer from Reunion Church. Thank you so much. I learned a lot. I don't think I have to go to school now. I just got a really like, like <laughs> compact course right there. Really appreciate you, your leadership, and your just understanding of, of the Bible and pointing always to Jesus. So thanks so much for being with us. Thanks, Melinda. Thanks, Mel. Thank you, guys. Hey Mel, I'm so excited to dive into the first barrier to overcoming poverty of the seven and what you and I can do to help people overcome it. It's Thanksgiving Day and you've either already had an amazing meal or two or you're about to have a meal with a small group of your family. And it's so good, all the wonderful food. Well, food is the key variable in health. And health is our first barrier to overcoming poverty because basically if you don't have enough income to buy good food, it leads to skipping meals, poor nutrition, poor school and work performance and a downward spiral into chronic poverty. It's so pivotal. So much so that the UN World Health Organization, leaders of all nations recognize it as one of the key elements in the social determinants of health and have strategies to try to address food insecurity. Well, what can we do to help somebody overcome this problem? Because Thanksgiving of all days often reminds many people who are struggling that they don't have enough good food to feed their families on a regular day, never mind a feast day. Well, you can do what many people did for Olivia when she first came to us. And I hope as I walk through this, you'll see all of the different things that people did and see maybe one of them is something that you could do in your neighborhood. There were people, when Olivia came to us, she was expecting a child, and so she had been working very hard. She did have a place to live, but her rent was very high, and when she paid it, she had very little left over for food and was already skipping meals. She knew she needed to eat better because now she had this little one growing inside her. And so she reached out for help because she knew the right thing to do, and she wanted to do the right thing, but she needed community to wrap around her to help her do it. And they did. 
So we had many people who loved to knit and they knitted all these wonderful little items, baby items that went into the layette that were able to give Olivia when her child was born. There are people who volunteered at the food bank and sorted things so that we were able to give her good food to take home and make wonderful meals for her family. There are people who donated so we had food to give her as well as baby carriages and clothing and the other supports that she required in terms of care management. There are volunteers who were mentors and tutors. Olivia is now studying to be a personal support worker and looking after her family because of all of these people who wrapped around her and built into her life. And her life trajectory is going to be changed forever as will that of her children. And that's because community stepped in and community is God's chosen solution to ending poverty truly and truly so I hope if you've seen something in there and God is tweaking you and giving you a little message through the Holy Spirit to say yeah that's that's your zone you care about these kinds of things and you're very gifted at giving in this particular way then I'd invite you to reach out to a charity in your neighborhood reach out to us if you are in our neighborhood and or just work with a community group and start to help families in need in this very critical and meaningful way that has lasting and sustained impact. Thanks so much, and I look forward to seeing you next month. Take care and happy Thanksgiving. Thanks, Melinda. It's so good being on the show. For those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Addison Bevere, and I'm the author of Saints Becoming More Than Christians. And during this segment, I want to talk about being a saint because you are a saint. You might be thinking, Addison, wait a second. I'm not a saint. I'm hardly a Christian. I've never seen myself in a stained glass window. I've never seen a halo over my head. I haven't been canonized by an institutional church. There's no way I'm a saint. But the truth is, saints are so much more than that. When we look at scripture, the word Christian is used only three times in the New Testament, but the word saint is used over 60 times to describe the followers of Christ. And we have this idea of saints as goody two-shoes who are out of touch with the reality, but saints are the disruptors. They're people who dive into the messiness of our world. They're people who get their hands dirty. They're not afraid of the tension because they live in the tension of God's kingdom and the reality of that kingdom coming to earth as it is in heaven. And so. I want to talk about an attribute of saints. And this is one of those defining attributes. Augustine actually used the word to describe saints. He, it's the word hilaritas, which means this joy, this, this sense of thanksgiving, this sense of gratitude, despite whatever is happening in our world. And Paul, he writes something to us in 1 Thessalonians 5. He says, hey, saints, this is the will of God for you. So put your hand on your heart and say, this is the will of God for me. Paul says, this is the will of God for you. Give thanks in every circumstance. Now think about that. Give thanks in every circumstance. Now you might be like, well, Paul never lived through COVID. Paul's never lived in a time with this kind of political and social unrest. No, Paul lived through crazy times. And in fact, in Philippians 4, when he says rejoice in the Lord always or give thanks always, he was in prison. So there's something here that we have to lean into. There's a power, there's an otherworldly power in thanksgiving that we have not completely tapped into as the people of God. And if you look at the Psalms, I love the Psalms because it shows the, the full breadth or the full spectrum of the human experience. You find Psalms on, on lamenting and mourning and confusion and uncertainty and loss and despair. But you also find Psalms on uh, joy 
and triumph and victory and celebration in God's faithfulness. So it really covers the whole spectrum of, of existence. But then if you go to the end of the Psalms, the final five Psalms, you find this flourish of what I call disruptive praise. It's praise is like, look, I don't care what's happening in our world. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to be thankful. All five of those Psalms begin and end with the phrase, praise the Lord. See, there's something that happens to our world when we as the saints, we don't deny the brokenness of our world, but we lean into the faithfulness and goodness of our God. When we do that, we create thin places. We are people of the tension. We merge the worlds of what is and what will be, and we reveal God's good and faith, goodness and faithfulness to our world. And that's what our world needs. Our world needs saints in this moment, and we can't be saints unless we lean into God's goodness and faithfulness. That's what this moment needs. This moment needs saints. Hey, it's Kelvin again, interrupting the conversation to let you know that you can find more inspiring content, full interviews, behind the scenes, and trivia contests with our guests on YouTube. You can also follow See Here Love's Instagram and Facebook for daily encouragement. And one more thing, if you like what See Here Love is doing, please support us at seeherelove.com slash give. Thanks, and now back to the show. Well, I am so glad that Sam Collier, a pastor, speaker, writer, host of A Greater Story podcast and TV show, is with us today here on See Here Love from Atlanta, Georgia, to tell his inspiring story of abandonment, sacrifice, gratitude, and rescue, revealing how God is always doing something bigger and better than we might imagine. Sam, welcome to the show. Listen, Melinda, I am so <laughs> honored to be here. They, they said, listen, if, if you want to kind of get anything done, you got to go see Melinda <laughs> in Canada. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. <laughs> I guess thank you for understanding the hard work it takes. Um, Sam, I wanted to start off with this question. You know, in light of just what is happening this year, the exhaustion, difficulty, the sort of the hard just hard life, and as an African-American man, how are you, wow, staying thankful and grateful in your life? What are you doing, or are you doing it? Just, you can be honest here, Sam. How are you doing? Yeah, you know, um, I, I spent a lot of time with Martin Luther King's daughter, and so I, I grew up on Auburn Avenue, right across the street from the Martin Luther King Jr. Center um, here in Atlanta, Georgia. And one of the things that's been so encouraging, one that his daughter has always taught me, but that my father who adopted me always taught me and my twin sister was that it's not about the cards you've been dealt, but it's about how you play the hand. That your blackness um, doesn't have to be a crutch. You can be aware of the oppression, but use it as an opportunity to overcome and to set the stage for the coming generations. And so for me, I've always uh, been encouraged in times of great struggle. One, because I know that the struggle will ultimately lead to the progress. The comp on the other side of the conflict will be the resolution. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, that I have the opportunity to set the stage for the next generation. So I'm grateful that I'm alive and I'm yes. grateful to be able um, to, to, to pave the way if, if in a sense. That's beautiful, Sam. Thank you. I love that answer. Um, you say a lot about being grateful for the greater story that God has for you and for us, which is the title bah, 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 of your latest book. There it is. There it is. <laughs> we should do a book club, Sam. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> I love that. Uh, here's, here's a question. What is the greater story, and how can we be grateful even when it seems our story is not so great? God has a greater story for all of us. In other words, he has a purpose for all of us, no matter what circumstances uh, we find ourselves in. Obviously, you know my story, and we'll get to that a little bit later, but through my story, I was able to discover and more so even surrender mm -hmm. to the plan that God had for my life. And so I think when we think about how to overcome and how to find the greater story in the midst of the trials and the tribulations and the calamity, even that we, the pandemic that we find ourselves in, I think it is found on the other side of surrender. Wow. Um, but not just any surrender, a surrender that is filled with hope. I always say this, when your story connects to God's story, it leads to a greater story. Mm -hmm. But the way to connect your story to God's story is by surrendering to his will every single day. That looks like every single decision you make every day. Are you running it through the filter of scripture? Are you running it through the filter of sensing what the spirit of God is saying to you in that moment and what he may not be saying to you? Because sometimes what he doesn't say to you is sometimes more important than what he is saying. Totally. So, um, <laughs> right. It's like, yeah. God, what should I do? He's silent. Okay. Well, let me not do anything. Right. Um, so I, I, that's what I would say that in the midst of the trials and the tribulations to maintain hope, but also to maintain surrender. Because if you can surrender every day, God will direct your path. It says, trust in the Lord. Woo, don't get me started. <laughs> trust in the Lord <laughs> with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Lean not to your own understanding. Mm, it's good. And he, he will direct your path. Yeah. That's so encouraging. I think, Sam, you know, your life, and I don't want to give away too much because everybody should go and get your book. But it hasn't been an easy life. There's been a lot of no's and disappointments and shut doors and just lost opportunities. But as we think about Thanksgiving and gratitude, because that is part of your story, what would you say to the listener and viewer who's saying, yeah, I'm stuck in a really hard time. This is not a great place for me. And you're telling me to be grateful and thankful for my life. How do you encourage them today, Sam? What would you say? Wow. <clears throat> yeah, um... You know, a piece of my story, um, a large part of it happened on the Steve Harvey show in which I don't know if Steve Harvey is popular in Canada at all. Oh, we know Steve Harvey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> he reunited me with my with my birth family on national television after 25 years, similar to a show like this. Mm -hmm. um, and after the show, we had a moment to uh, to talk to my, my brother who I had just met for the first time, who grew up kind of, he, he was not adopted, but he grew up and he pulled me to the side and he said, I know you may feel like you missed out on something, but I, I want to let you know you didn't. There were days where we went four and five days at a time without eating. Um, and so you, you, you didn't miss out on anything. No, God rescued you. Hmm. God rescued. As we think about Thanksgiving, I think for those of us that are saved, or even for those of us that want to be saved, I think we have to think about the rescue that God gave to all of us. Mm -hmm. That he, he rescued us from the darkness that we found ourselves in. He rescued us from our shame. He rescued us from our low self-esteem and gave us a hope. He gave us a future and vision, and more importantly, a belief in, in, in an identity that is um, great, that is greatness. Yeah. Um, that we are made in his image, in his likeness, which means 
we have divine capacity. And if we have divine capacity, then what, what can God not do um, through someone that is submitted and surrendered? So I during this Thanksgiving and during the season of gratitude, even in the midst of COVID-19, let's be thankful and grateful yes. for what God has done. Beautiful. Sam, Sam, thank you so much. Let's just yes. do another shout out. Get your book, A Greater Story. It's fantastic. It's encouraging. And just a lot of learning here for me, Sam, on gratitude and thankfulness just in this brief time. So thank you so much for cheering you on. We love what you're doing and inspiring so many with the greater story. God bless you, Sam. Thank you. Melinda, you are an inspiration. It's an honor to know you. Thank you. And we're going to make sure we connect. <laughs> we have to. We Yay! Have to. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Okay. Thanks so much, Sam. Hey, I'm Brooke Nichols. Thanks so much, Melinda, for having me today. I'm so honored to be able to share what God has been doing in my life and what he's placed on my heart as we talk about gratitude in difficult times. You know, it was March 12th, and I was uh, at the airport with my husband on our way to the Junos when a friend called me and said, don't get on that plane. I think the Junos are canceled. Sure enough, the Junos were canceled. And the next day, something else canceled. And the next day, something else canceled. And the next day, something else canceled until our entire 2020 was canceled. And I remember sitting on the couch with my husband and I was confiding in him and I was really sad and I was angry and I was confused. And he turned to me and he said, Brooke, we have so much to give thanks for. He said, look at this house. We have a roof over our head. We have food in our fridge. We get to eat and we have each other. And Steve was right. And it reminds me of this verse found in 1 Thessalonians that says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Jesus Christ for you. And you know, I'll be the first one to say that when we're in the middle of uh, our trials and we're facing pain in our lives, our first natural instinct isn't to give thanks. But I'm encouraged and reminded by this verse that tells us it's the will of God for our lives to give thanks in all circumstances. I'm so thankful for the word of God as it renews our minds and turns our eyes to Jesus. You know, when we give thanks in the midst of our pain, it gives us new perspective. Um, it reminds us of the things that we do have. And so I just pray that you uh, would be encouraged today, that this verse found in 1 Thessalonians would be ingrained in your heart to give thanks in all circumstances, knowing that this is the will of God for your life. Friends, God is for you, God is with you, and he loves you so much. God bless. Well, what a show. And I hope after all that you heard, you will be encouraged and inspired to take the first step in choosing to be grateful, thankful for your life, the people in your life, the opportunities you have been given, even though days are hard, impossible, and heartbreaking, that we will choose to live a life of gratitude and contentment filled with love for all people and for the one who created us and loves us unconditionally. So for more information on this show and our guests and to read blogs and resources, go to seeherelove.com. Head on over to our YouTube channel for the behind the scenes content and exclusive interviews. And we'll keep you updated with all things See Here Love as you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and sign up for our weekly newsletter and devotional. Well, happy Thanksgiving day and week and really for the rest of our lives, choosing to give thanks every day. And as you do, know that you are seen, heard, and deeply loved by God. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Kelvin again. 
Don't forget to sign up to be a See Here Love host for the day. Take over Melinda's chair at seeherelove.com slash takeover. See Here Love with Melinda Estabrooks is a production of Crossroads Christian Communications Incorporated, a member of the Canadian Council of Christian Charities. To support this program, please visit seeherelove.com and click the donate button or call 1-800-265-3100. And from me and the See Here Love team, thanks so much for your support.